everybody Dan Binder Boneyard coming to you like I have been lately from the front desk in the parts cavern here at 760A Avenue in Terrebonne Oregon yes that's Terrebonne uh, everyone that likes to figure out where I'm at is you know Terrebonne or Terrebonne something but it's Terrebonne Oregon I am currently facing north and it is a beautiful day looking out the window um it is sunday morning here what i'm doing so you guys will be hearing this on monday so hope your monday is starting well i know everyone gets a case of the monday so hopefully you can listen to this and uh i don't know make you hate yourself even more whatever um, so, <clears throat> some business right off the top. Thanks, everybody. Donations, Patreon, uh, all that stuff is just great. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful you guys are still doing that. Um, Frank and Joe and you guys are, you know, just everybody that donates. <clears throat> it's just super grateful, and I appreciate it so much. Um, and so, uh... March 16th through the 19th, uh, 2019, is the uh, Boneyard Cruise of Route 66. Uh, we'll be going west to east, starting probably in Bakersfield, um, in that area, and then going uh, east from there. Um, for my birthday, I'm doing it because I want to do it. And everyone's invited as long as you've got an international um, and you're driving your international. But uh, but as far as the run goes and everything like that, it's it's I'm doing what I want because I do what I want. Uh, <laughs> I'm just inviting people along because I think it would be fun to plug up the highway with a bunch of rusty old internationals. Um, I'll be driving my 56, which I drove this weekend um, to the High Desert Swap Meet here in uh, in Redmond, Oregon, just down the street. And uh, I forgot how much fun that thing is to drive. Uh, it's, I don't know, I just enjoy it a lot. So um, I'm looking forward to running this thing. We gotta do a lot of work. Not a lot, but a fair amount of stuff to it to get me comfortable driving it all the way from Oregon to Bakersfield, and then again, the route, <laughs> and then from wherever we finish, all the way home. So it's going to be a substantial amount of driving, and um, the guy I got the truck from, Haas, good friend of mine, Haas, yes, that's his real name, Haas. Um, he did bearings and brakes and, and a lot of the small mechanical stuff. Uh, I did pinion seal and U-joints on it when I got it, I tuned it up and all that. So, um, the overdrive still isn't working. Um, and I'm trying to figure that out. I'm sure a solenoid is stuck or something. So I want to go through that, um, and probably change out wheels and tires 
and oh doesn't have any lights <laughs> so so there's a fair amount of uh tinkering that needs to happen before it can uh hit the road for other states but uh but yeah it's a it's a great driver and i love it so i'm, I'm really looking forward to this trip march 16th through the 19th 2019 so then another trip that's coming up a heck of a lot closer next weekend um is the Cummins Repower Tour. Um, that's open to any vehicle that is Cummins powered that wasn't originally Cummins powered. So, uh, of course, I'm taking my black 1210, my Travelette, because uh, that has a 6BT in it. So I'm going to go and shake some hands and hang out and hopefully, uh, you know, rub elbows with some people and get uh get my name out there a little more um you know social media is great for putting you in front of people but there's so much noise in social media that um sometimes you got to get face to face and you know shake some babies and kiss some hands you know do that do that sort of thing so hopefully i can't um make something good happen there but uh, anyway, so that is, um, I will be on the leg from September 14th through about the 17th through Idaho and Montana and Washington and, <clears throat> and then down into Oregon. And once they hit Portland, then I'll peel off and come home and, uh, and then they will, the cruise continues down into Coos Bay and then down to Northern California and whatnot. So, um, yeah, so I'll be doing that. Still have some empty seats. If somebody wants to join in, speak up. Uh, send me an email through uh, through the uh, Binder Boneyard Podcast at Gmail, um, or send me a DM through Instagram Binder Boneyard. Um, you know, and all that, all the socials. I'm I'm on them. So I don't use Twitter. I don't know. Twitter and I just I just don't seem to get along with Twitter too much, um, but uh, but the other ones I do. Oh, and I don't use um, Snapchat because I'm not a high school girl. Uh, I don't see a business upside to Snapchat. Um, I don't know. That's just me, I guess. I'm sure somebody will argue that it's great for business, but I, in this industry, I don't see it being a thing, um, so... So, and that kind of segues me into, not like the scooter, but actually the transition, uh, segue into something I've been seeing a lot of on the social medias is experience or lack of experience. A lot of people are getting into these things and they're asking some very basic questions um, and... A lot of this stuff can be answered by just doing it. Just do it. Just get out there, take a half-inch wrench, turn the fucking bolt counterclockwise, and see what happens. And do it again and again and again, and then magically your fender falls off. So, you know, these guys are asking, like, hey, how do I take my top off? And it's like, well... There's 
some bolts <laughs> and a couple of screws and you lift you know uh it's just the people are so afraid of making a mistake or wrecking something they um you know is, is not replaceable or something and i get that because there's a there's a very fine line between um just doing something and being reckless um I am completely self-taught. Uh, I never went to mechanic school, and I'm making air quotes. Mechanic school. Um, uh, my dad did not teach me shit about mechanics. Uh, yes, I grew up on a farm, but I learned early on that if something's broken, you buy a new one uh, because that means you can get back to work faster, um, which probably isn't the best business model, but uh, we got a lot of shit done. But so I didn't learn anything about mechanic until I was 18, 17. I bought my first truck, um, was a 61 Ford unibody. If anybody knows what those are, you Midwestern guys probably are like, what the fuck? So it was a Ford pickup with no division between the cab and the bed. It was all one piece of sheet metal. Um, which apparently was super rare, and I wish I had kept that truck now, looking back. But it was it was a Ford with a Chevy engine. It had a 283, and the thing smoked like hell, and it ran like shit. Um, none of the lights worked. The truck was just a pile. But I got it for almost nothing, and all I needed it for was to drive from my dad's house to school, which was 10 miles in the, in the hills of Oregon. So, um, didn't really need much. So, uh, anyway, well, started running like shit one day. My dad was like, ah, I don't know. So he sent me down the street to a neighbor who, uh, this old guy was a millwright and he, um, he was a Chevy guy. So he hated the fact that that Chevy engine was in that Ford, but uh, he helped me set the points and adjust the carb a little bit, and it, it ran pretty good after that. And um, So that started my foray into mechanics because I became interest, immediately interested in what the hell makes these things work. And, um, and I was also too poor to pay somebody to work on my shit. I mean, I was just a high school kid. I was pumping gas. Pumping gas on the weekends. Um, yeah, in Oregon, we have gas station attendants that pump gas. So that was a you know entry-level job and like fast food or something. So I was pumping gas on the weekends. And then uh, we sold a lot of firewood. Um, my dad was a jippo logger on the side, did small-time small logging jobs. And so we always would end up with firewood left over. So my dad would give me... Um, logs essentially and i i had a chainsaw and so i cut them up and split them and sold firewood to make extra money and um well there's no such thing as extra money but i sold them to make money and um and yeah just kind of went from there so i didn't have money to pay somebody to fix my stuff so i had to start learning and um my mom had got me a tool, a, a craftsman, you know, like the 300-piece craftsman set, 
which by the way is a fucking ripoff. Um, when 280 of the pieces are quarter drive sockets and fucking Allen wrenches, you know, it's just not worth it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciated the set and it got me started, but there were so many worthless tools in that set. <laughs> it wasn't, they needed to include like nine half inch sockets and nine, nine sixteen sockets because those are what gets lost and <laughs> what goes away. But anyway, um, so, so that, you know, I, the experience side of this is just for me just doing it. I fucked up a lot of shit. Um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I have my Scout 2. Um, it had rear main seal leak that was getting bad. And I was also doing a transmission at the time. I, I did both of them to save some money and time. And I did it myself. I, mean, I had a I paid a shop to do the transmission, but um, I did rear main, rear main seal on my own, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I had the book, but I didn't look in the book because I don't know why. I just, the seal is just a solid one-piece round seal, and so I thought I would just take a screwdriver and jam it between the crank and the lip of the seal and pry it out. And I did, and that worked. Except the screwdriver gouged the shit out of the crank. And there's no saving that. Once once you do that, um, I was able to... So I put, a, put the main seal in. See, I didn't realize I had, what I had done. I put the main seal in, and then got the transmission in, put it all back together, and it leaked even worse. So transmission comes out again, and I'm doing all this in my dad's barn. Like, this is not in a shop. This is not, like, yeah, there was a chunk of concrete, but it, this was a barn. And, um, and so when I pulled the main seal again, I realized I saw all these gouges in the crank, and I had realized what I did. And so... Um, I took um, some like emery cloth and I tried to sand the sand the uh, gouges down and then um, I was able to get a speedy sleeve if you're not familiar with those just super fine strips of metal sleeve speedy sleeve they call them and I drove that over the top of the screwed up crank and then put a main seal back in, and that um, that helped some. Uh, it, it slowed the leak down, but it definitely uh, was, it was still there. So, I, you know, that's experience. Fucking shit up teaches you experience. Sometimes it, you really ruin a lot of stuff, but um, that I learned. I learned a lot by working on my own stuff. Um, and that's what I, I really suggest everyone does is, um, you know, work on your stuff. Just work on it. And, you know, there's resources out there like YouTube. There's no shame in watching a YouTube video and, uh, and then going at it yourself. Um, I think 
I think people, like I said, are scared uh, of doing this stuff. Don't be scared. Um, you can do it. You got the tools. Um, especially scouts. They're not put together. They're not rockets. <laughs> this isn't brain surgery. They are very simply made. Uh, some things are hard to access. You know, you got to twist your arm around or something. But it's not impossible. Uh, internationals, the trucks. I think the hardest parts of the trucks to work on is behind the dash. Dash work is always a pain in the ass because it's sharp and there's wiring and stuff like that. But, you know, just just do it. Just say, hey, you know, all oh, my dash lights are burned out, but I don't know what to do. Well, look at the dash. The cover has like eight Phillips screws. Undo those. Take the cover off. Oh, what's behind there? Look, it's gauges. Each gauge is held in by two or four Phillips screws. Undo those screws. Pull the gauge out. Oh, look, there's the light bulb. Twist it out. Oh, it's burned out, or the socket is broken. Get a new socket, put a new light bulb in, put it back together. Boom, you're done. Like, it's not that hard, and it shouldn't be that scary. Um, some of you guys are treating this stuff like, you know, it's a bomb you're trying to disassemble. Um, you know, and once you get into it and you get stuck, then it's understandable. Um, but some of you guys don't even try. You don't even, you're too scared to even lift a screwdriver. And even then you, you'll get the advice. You'll go on the Facebook pages or you'll call me and you get the advice on what needs to happen. And it's not what you want to hear or it's still, you know, you're just scared. And I just say, just do it. Just there's no greater learning tool than experience. Um, so, but just be careful because there's a lot of a lot of guys out there that just do shit and they don't think about it. Uh, and we've all seen those on the internet, the like scary welds. I post all the time, you know, fabrication that looks like hell um, that shouldn't be. You know, people are showing off this fabrication like it's great. You know, oh, this is how you want to do it, and this is the best, and this is that. And uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. And, and that's the thing is, is inexperience with confidence is very dangerous. Um, so kind of be mindful of, of that as well. Um I know it's hard to it's hard to weed through the bullshit, but if you see stuff on the, especially Facebook, where people can leave comments, read the comments. And if there's 25, you know, oh my god, that looks terrible comments, then you know you probably don't want to do it that way, and that you should search out a better way to do it. Um, and especially with scouts, you're not reinventing the wheel. This isn't Formula One race cars. You know, you don't have new science coming out every year on, you know, suspension geometry and whatnot. No, these are trucks from the 70s and 60s and even 50s um, that you're not going to reinvent the wheel. You're really not. So, you know, do it the best way that you can afford do it the way that's going to work, um, and just just don't be dumb. 
just don't try and don't try and reinvent something because you're going to be happier in the long run um, knowing that it works because it's tried and true. We've all done it. It all, you know, it just, it works. So try, uh, try to keep that in mind too, you know, just get out there and do it. Watch the YouTube videos. We've got several on, uh, you know, Binder Boneyard on YouTube goes over a lot of stuff. Um, you know, check it out, uh, and then try it yourself. And like I said, doesn't take a lot of tools. A lot of these things are basic hand tools, a couple of half inch wrenches, couple of nine sixteenths wrenches, whatever, chisel, hammer, screwdrivers. That's, you could tear apart a whole scout with about nine tools. Um, <laughs> my my SOG power lock will take apart most of a Scout. There's very few things that it won't undo on the Scout. So, uh, Or pick up or travel all. I know I say Scout a lot, but, um, you know, it's all of them. So, you know, and, and so experience, and that doesn't just mean working on your rigs. That means driving them, using them, getting them out. Um, you know, I wheeled a lot through my 20s so from my first wheeler when i was 20 that 66 all the way up until i moved to central oregon um i was 31 when i tore down my 63 um for parts and uh you know it's just it's experience i wheeled a lot i learned a ton about vehicle dynamics I learned a lot about what works and what doesn't, and that's why I, I really recommend, guys, you don't get too far outside the box because it's just going to be a headache, and you're going to be discouraged by your shit not working, and so you're just going to want to um, not use it. I, you know, If you follow the formulas that are online, they work, and, they, and then you can use your truck, and you can get out and have fun, whether it be for towing with your pickup or wheeling with your Scout or your low rider travel all, whatever. There are formulas, there's guys that have done hundreds. There's nothing wrong with following that, following guys that have done it and it works because you're gonna get to enjoy your truck. You know, um, I, wheeled, I wheeled a lot. I put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles off-road with my scouts. Um, I had a very bad accident with my first my 73 that I talked about in earlier pods, um, I had slowly grown into my wheeler. Uh, it had sprung over 35s, full cage. Um, it was a 392 automatic Dana 20. I mean, nothing, it had lockers front and rear, um, but I didn't have a doubler in the transfer case or anything like that yet. Um, so it was, it was on its way to being a good wheeler, but, and I, I did wheel the shit out of it. I loved it. And it was a good looking scout too. So I kind of, um, you know, I was playing with fire a little bit, wheeling such a nice scout, but it had a lot of protection. It had sliders and nice bumpers and, you know, it, it, it did all right. Uh, I did not have the top on it. Uh, there was a point there in its life where the way the roll cage was designed and everything, it just lived with a bikini top. Um, and so it, it just was, it was what it was. Um, and part of the experience of that scout was that I wrecked it and I wrecked it bad. Um, it's going down 
a trail up in Natchez, Washington. It's a big, big trail network up there in, in uh, eastern Washington. It's Natchez. That's what it's called. I was going down a hill that I found out later was called Heart Attack because it's very steep. <laughs> and there was a cutout, an uh, undercut root section so that when my front tires went off of it, it was I was damn near vertical. And the truck died. When I went down this bump, it died. It was carbureted, of course. Um, had a quadrajet because everyone talked about, ooh, quadrajets are the best carbs off-road. And so I put a quadrajet on it. And, it, you know, honestly, it didn't do that much better than my Holly four-barrel that I had modified for off-road. Um, so, you know, the quadrajet, I just wasn't stoked on. Well, the truck died. And I was pushing on the brake pedal so hard because it was so steep. And I don't know what happened exactly but the scout just took off it launched down this hill um and to make it worse there was a group of jeeps at the bottom of the trail waiting to come up and so i had nowhere to go i couldn't follow the trail out because there was people there there were people everywhere so i ended up steering my scout into the trees which up there is gigantic old growth trees. There's not, you know, little, um, you know, there's not just little trees. No, these were big old growth, you know, three, four foot across at the butt old growth. Well, I pointed the scout between two trees that were about scout width. Well, they weren't. <laughs> they were a little narrower. <laughs> and so my passenger front, passenger side took all of the damage. Um, I had my girlfriend at the time with me. Uh, again, more women part of my life. And the scout hit so hard that it broke the front axle in half right at the pumpkin. Uh, it bent the leaf spring into a S. It pushed the passenger tire through the floor, completely split the floor, blew out the fender, bent the rocker. Uh, it, it just was bad. Um, it, it hit so hard that the quarter panel on the driver's side wrinkled. And there was no damage. There were no trees on that side. It didn't hit anything. So it essentially diamonded the body. Um, ne neither the doors would open. Nothing like that. Um, so, yeah, we walked away pretty much unscathed. My wrists were hurt from the steering wheel, from like my hands folding around the steering wheel. And Angela had some bruises and scrapes on her knees and her, and her shins from her feet flying up and hitting the dash, uh, the underside of the dash. Um, but we had harnesses on because the roll cage was a good cage and all that. And that being said, even with the roll cage being tied to the frame like it was and going through the body, the body still twisted. So I can only imagine what would have happened if we didn't have a cage in there. Um, but through the, the ingenuity of the rest of the guys in our group, um, 
we were able to take high lift jack handles and the winch on the front of my truck and I ran it under the scout, wrapped it around the front axle and the high lift handles, sucked the winch cable in and straightened the, the housing out enough so that the scout would roll again. It started, believe it or not, and it had brakes, which is still the most bizarre thing to this day, that it didn't have brakes, and now then it did. So our assumption was that the bore, that I was pushing so hard that I pushed through the bores and all the fluid just bypassed back into the master cylinder, which I could see that happening. So we, we were able to drive the Scout out. Uh, it was only a two-wheel drive, so I, I got drugged through the last couple miles of trail by uh, Rick Wiltfong in his buggy, and he drugged me out. And uh, I drove it on the highway for a couple miles to get back to camp. And um, that experience right there is what formed my next build when I built my 63. And it was fuel injected, manual brakes, manual transmission, and um, a little bit different design uh, in that respect too. So, so even the bad things that you go through teach you invaluable lessons just things you learn that you'll never learn from any other source but by just doing it and being in it you know i've rolled scouts i know they need roll bars at least roll bars if not cages these guys driving around without them you know like oh it's it's fine i don't plan on rolling well let me tell you i've been in one that's rolled and you want a roll bar or a roll cage so again experience just do it get out there make it work make it happen you'll learn and if you are scared youtube it but do it don't don't jump on the facebook pages and ask stupid questions and then still not do it just do it and you'll you will thank yourself a lot more in the in the future so all right that was been my half hour um so again, thank you everybody. Thanks for the support. Tell your friends, please share it, please like it. If you're on the Facebook pages, feel free to mention it. Uh, it's great, I love it. Um, everybody that's that comments and likes and shares and five-star reviews and, and all that and subscribing, it's all great, it's all helpful. Uh, really appreciate it. it. Gives me a reason to keep doing this stuff. So um, until we meet again, I will talk to you soon.